0: You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Neelan. Hello, Mac Irish Football Fan TV. This is the League of Ireland show. Obviously, we're covering over. There's been two games played over the bank holiday. I'm joined by Gary Spain here, and we're going to get straight in. We're going to talk about the record breakers, Shamrock Rovers. They set a new record of thirty-one games unbeaten they've gone top of the table after nine games on 23 points and they've broken their own record from 94 years ago and Atlones record in 1980 and 81 you went to see them on monday and tell me just just how good are they at the
1: moment uh, okay first of all paul it's a phenomenal achievement and hats off to stephen bradley because 31 league games unbeaten uh, it's or as well as you said, it's an all-time record. It broke their own record from 1927, and uh, so from that point of view, it's unbelievable. And on Monday, it, it was a, it was a pretty straightforward win. I mean, th- there was only ever going to be one result. Uh, Rovers were just a level above Waterford, so uh, from that stage, it, it's nothing. If I want to be slightly critical of Rovers this season, I don't think they're the same team as last season. Now, having said that, I think they're going to win the league. And I I can't see anybody else winning the league. I think Pats have made an incredible start. We can go on and talk about them. I I think Rovers still look the best team in the league. But I think this season, it has been a case of grinding out results. I mean, to keep this record going, they needed a last gasp equaliser at home to Pats on the first day. They went behind in Sligo with 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes to go and still came out with a draw. Now, that says an awful lot to me about the character of the side, the, just the whole ethos of the squad. And it's just a winning mentality or we shall not lose. So that is, that is very good and it's great to watch. And, And as from Stephen Bradley's point of view, he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, in some ways, God help everybody else if they do start firing and they do start playing really well and blowing teams away. But I don't think they've been doing that yet this season. Even if you take the wins in Drogheda, the wins over Longford, OK, they were still going to be unbeaten, but they needed, again, last-minute goals. So they are the best team in the league. They're rightly top of the league. But I think there's a lot more to come. And... Uh, in some ways that I don't mean to be critical of a team that's our top of the league, but I think they can get a lot better. And in some ways, then, as I said, that's a bit ominous for the rest of the league. But, um, hats off to the 31 games unbeaten is some achievement. And, uh, but there are some tests coming up in this round of matches. They, they have to go, go to Oriel Park. They're still going to Pats on, on Saturday, which is a real test. Uh, they, they still got to go to Oriel Park. And uh, they still got to go to Daily Moon Park. So there there will be some tricky games ahead. But look, well done Rovers and uh, deservedly, deservedly top of the league after the first series of games.
0: Yeah, I'm also meant kind of as a collective in that 31-game run. I mean, some of the players that they've had at their disposal and some of the football they've played at times has been exceptional. And I appreciate this season maybe... They haven't gone up the levels that probably they were at last season, but I it it, it worries me for the teams in the league that maybe they have a few le- levels to go up and a few gears to go up in the next maybe round of games or so because you got to remember they did bring in a lot of new players like McCann, Gannon, Hoare, Mandreau. Now, Mandreau has probably done the best of, of of those transfers and I'm sure I'm forgetting other people. like Players like uh, Rory Gaffney who probably didn't do that well last season or probably didn't get a look in as much last season is now stepping up this year you've got richie tell coming in as well so they they have players that as well as obviously taking their time to settle in and then they've got quality players coming through as well so i think for for other people they need to be very wary now there's obviously a massive game between pats and rovers this week which i think will tell us a lot in terms of where pats are at and i think where where shamrock rovers are at but even still saying that like I put out a post on Instagram yesterday just how good they've actually been and they've been a joy to watch at times. Now, you, I know you said about growing up results and maybe so that's this season, but still, they have been really good on the eye. Like I do 100% recommend to anyone who may not follow the League of Ireland that is maybe getting into starting to watch the games, watch one of their games just because in terms of in-game management and changing things up, they're always changing systems throughout the games it's just a clever team like just really really intellectually smart on the pitch and stuff like that and just coached and drilled really well and i do think that when my fans get back that they must go to Tala and watch this team because i do think that if they can keep adding quality players to obviously what they've already had they've a good young side as well as mixed experience in there and I do think that they'll only get better from here on in. And people say about lack of quality in the league and stuff like that. But if you go and watch them, and I would say Dundalk will get back to that level soon. But just right now, they're obviously in that kind of transition period where they're trying to get new players in. And I know a lot of Dundalk fans are getting very frustrated. The fact that we're talking about Shamrock Rovers being this great side at the moment. But like, it's up to Dundalk to get back to those levels, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, Dundalk aren't at those levels, and uh, you, you can clearly see the difference. Definitely take your point about playing great football. They are a joy to watch, and uh, Stephen Bradley does want his team passing the ball, and and that's what they do. Now, they've lost uh, two key players from last season in, in midfield, in Jack Byrne and Aaron McEnough, but they have brought in the likes of Chris McCann, as you said, Uh, Sean Gannon, I think, has done incredibly well, Uh, although you're probably right that Danny Mandreo is the the standout of the the new players. Uh, Rory Gaffney was injured for much of last season, so that's why he didn't get a look in. But, I mean, he's got three goals already this season, and and he is flying. And interesting you mentioned the the change of system as well, because they played two strikers uh, at home to Waterford, which you typically don't see uh, Shamrock Rovers play. They normally just play with one up top. But they they started with Aaron Green and Rory Gaffney up top on Monday. And uh, it it worked really well. Now, they had to, unfortunately, Aaron Green went off injured. Now, that's the one caveat I would have. Uh, Aaron Green went off. It looked a bad injury. I haven't heard any more since. And... uh, it, 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 they have a very good squad, but you have to get concerned about injuries. And really, unfortunately was Neil Ferruja went off injured, having come off the bench his first game in, in about six months. He'd been out with a really bad hamstring injury and it looked like he was feeling his hamstring again. And that did not look good because he had looked really good when he came back. He made a fantastic run, uh, almost set up a goal. It should have been a goal. Actually, he put it on the plate, but, um, he went down, he just seemed to go down a few seconds after that, holding his hamstring, and uh, I really hope he's okay because he's a quality player and Rovers would certainly would have been delighted to get him back, but um that did not look good. So it was a very easy win on Monday. It was a comfortable three points, but those couple of injuries, despite the big squad they have, uh will be a concern.
0: Yeah, well, obviously we want to wish... Neil well in recovery he's a a great lad as well as as obviously being a great player so hoping that you know he can overcome this and and have the mental strength to, to overcome this as well and because he's been tipped for really big things but his problem is his injury record so hopefully he can get over this and get back to playing. The best football because again we mentioned the Shamrock Rovers squad there and you, you know he, him out of the squad you've got Sean Kavanaugh there they just they've nearly got two players for every position I would say and um, I think that shows when they can bring off quality off the bench and I think that's that's shown throughout the season but, even
1: even yeah. Max Murphy Max Murphy started uh, he's a young player and he was with the Rovers two last season. And he looked really good. I mean, uh, Neil, he started in the left wing back position, if you like, where, uh, Neil Ferrugia normally plays. And as you said, Sean Kavanagh, they, they have so many options, but Max looks a good player now as well. They, there is some conveyor belt out in Roadstone there, uh, bringing players through and they've consistently been one of the best at underage as well. So, um, Certainly, things are looking very bright in Tala at the moment. And I just echo what you said. If, you, if, if you're not regularly watching this league, and hopefully hopefully there are signs fans will get back in July, I would definitely recommend uh, going to Tala and just watching some good football and in a lovely modern stadium as well.
0: Yeah. And if you can't do it, maybe watch it on watch. LOI. Worry, as well. Uh, then uh, I suppose... Moving on down the league, uh, not far, but uh, just down the league, uh, St. Pat's. Obviously, Jerry was giving me a stick last week saying that uh, Chamac Rovers were in top of the league. They are now. Um, and Pat's are in second on 21 points, two points behind Chamac Rovers. But look, I mean, they had two games over the break as well, or over the uh, long weekend. So they, they bet long for 3 0. Ronan Coughlin and Chris Forrester with a double. And then they got a last minute equaliser against Sligo. We're in Birmingham, scoring a late dramatic header and uh, running off celebrating with Stephen O'Donnell. But are these games that I suppose maybe last year St. Pat's probably would have lost, you know, that game against Liga, they probably wouldn't have got that equaliser. And another thing I might put to you, Gary, as well is, is Chris Forrester back to his very best?
1: Uh, definitely. I, that's one of the real highlights of the season for Pat's that Chris Forrester he I mean last season he didn't look the player he used to be when he was in this league before he went off across channel to Peterborough he he looks a real player this season and uh on his day before he went away he was the best player in the league and uh it looks like he's he's back in that form uh what a goal. I mean, there's, there's a video of the goal against Longford, um, just taken from behind the goal and it's well worth a watch. And, uh, he really is, uh, he's just got that bit of quality. But in general, Stephen O'Donnell has done a fantastic job with Pats because a lot of the players he's, he's picked up have been in, in some ways you can say Dundalk rejects, the likes of Robbie Benson and them, the players that, uh, I were say let rejects go us because
0: they've, well, they've served Dundalk well.
1: They did serve Dundalk well, but they were players that they decided they could do without. And uh, Pat's, Steve McDonald has, has put together a, a superb squad there. And uh, his first 11 is probably on a par and an ability to compete with anyone else in the league. I think the problem will be, you mentioned Rovers having two players for every position. I don't think Pats have that. They had to take a couple of chances with with playing squad players and getting getting results, and they got away with it. But um, I think over a season, when injuries, suspensions, a lot of these midweeks, a 36-game season is really, really tough. And uh, you throw in all these midweek games, and they're going to start taking its toll. So that's why I don't see Pat's challenging for the title even though they were only two points off and you couldn't fault anything they've done this season they've been absolutely superb and that was a brilliant point to score so late in in the showgrounds and maybe you could they could very easily leave me with egg in my face on saturday by beating rovers and that wouldn't wouldn't shock me but i think over 36 games i can't see them mounting a challenge for the title but certainly they're going to be right up there in the european places and uh that's a phenomenal achievement, and Stephen O'Donnell's done a brilliant job, and they should be absolutely delighted with their start to the season.
0: I think with, with Pats, it's going to tell this weekend. I think the game against Shamrock Rovers at home, I think that's a game that's going to tell us what we need to know. I mean, Sly goes well, still going strong, but like Pats and Shamrock Rovers right now are. Uh, the teams to beat because of obviously where they are in the league and i think pats are there on merit i don't think they've been lucky in games they have actually played fairly well and looking at their team you said there about you know playing players squad players or whatever i don't think i don't think it was uh you know they got away with it i think it was they got the reward for the risk i mean players like darryl Birds came in and scored goals and helped them win games like the game against waterford that was look you don't risk that, you don't get the reward. So I think players like him have stepped up and shown that they can come in and do a job if needs be. And in fairness, Thaubert Brown is a very young lad and, and Stephen O'Donnell has put the faith in a lot of the younger lads as well. As well as he's surrounded with really good quality pros around him. He's got the best out of Chris Forrester. And as you say, I think he deserves massive credit for, I suppose if you even go back to just before Stephen O'Donnell came in, and they always had a quality side, but they just never seemed to be able to grind out results or score the goals. Now they seem to be adding the goals and having that, I suppose, bit of grit to... I wouldn't... Now, I know, look, they, they were against, behind against Sligo or whatever, but they showed the grit and determination to get back into the game, and, and a bit like Sean Rovers in terms of that determination to make sure that they got the equaliser right down to the last minute. I think they've. I think they've gone up a level this season, and I think they'll continue to keep going to where they're going. I know Pats fans are afraid to say that, you know, they're in the title race or they're afraid to be, uh, they're afraid to basically say anything against can say in case they mock it, mock it up or jinx where they are in the league and stuff like that. But I just think they've been that good that they don't think they need to worry. I think he bought, he's bought really well. He's bought smartly. The likes of Ronan Cochran coming in from Sligo, funny enough, has been, he's been quality for them as well. I think the, the goals and contributions, are two goals from him, between goals and assists i think that shows as well and look i think that they continue to go on but i think this weekend is the is the game that will tell all i think f- from there on in if they can get a result against shamrock rovers i think it's 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 on then from there on in you know
1: yeah, I mean, a couple of points. Um, yeah, I, I take your point about the likes of Daryl Burns and they have good young players. Pats are another team that have been re- doing really well under 17, under 19 years, or age groups in recent years. But I, I've just got the team sheet here from from Tala in front of me. And if you look at the Rovers' first 11, the only one you'd say that isn't kind of a proven League of Ireland starter is Max Murphy. I mean, but they had made quite a few changes. But then you go to the Rovers bench. And now, now bear in mind, I think Stephen Bradley picked this team with an eye to the Pats game on on Saturday. And given the fact they had gone to Valley Buffet on Friday, look at the bench. You've Pico Lopez, you've Ronan Finn, you've Graham Burke, you've Neil Ferrugia, you've Chris McCann and Joey O'Brien. Now, they are automatic starters in virtually any other team in the league no i appreciate some of them are automatic starters for rovers but okay you, you didn't have joey o'brien and pico lopez in the back three the rovers back three was sean Hoare, lee grace and liam scales i mean The five of those, they play with three at the back Any three from those five are just quality players And and that's I think that's the difference That Rovers can cope with an injury or a suspension They could miss two of those and still have a quality back three Yeah, so I mean, Joey O'Brien and Pico Lopez were the the, the backup For uh, Sean Hoare, Lee Grace and, and Liam Scales I mean I, I see
0: what you're saying I see what you're saying Gary and I, and I do agree that like, they they definitely have a much better squad but I think if Pats can keep going with the momentum I I I still don't see why they can't challenge especially top 2 I 100% think they'll they'll finish top 3 now but they should be they should be aiming to fight Shamrock Rovers at the top of the league for as long as they can they probably won't get a better chance
1: I hope, I really hope they do because I, I really want to see a title race and we yeah. can go on and talk about Dundalk. I, I, I really hope they do and it would be great for the league because the last thing you want is the procession that Rovers had last season. It was great for Rovers fans, but not great for neutrals uh, or, or fans of the league. So I really hope Pats do challenge. But my concern would be. Just injuries and suspensions mm, will eventually take point. their toll. But I do expect Pats to be in the top two or three, certainly, uh, this season. I think they're yeah. nailed on to qualify for Europe. And despite all the, the bad luck and everything over the years, uh, I know they finally ended at Hudo in the FEI Cup, but who knows? There could be a, an outside bet for the FEI Cup this year.
0: Yeah, especially because it would be in a one-off game. I think, I think you're, you're right in what you're saying. And, um, I think time will only tell with pats but look i, I just want to see something that uh, goes to the wire because obviously dundalk are not foreign on all cylinders even still and they're you know i've been hearing rumors that david healy's going to become manager and stuff like that there so they're still very much in a in a transition that's not confirmed or denied as well right now filming anyway so um we'll wait and see what happens with that but uh we'll come to them in a little bit but moving on just Sligo. go uh a two draws. Are we starting to see maybe a little bit of a slip? or see a bit of a reality check with Sligo that yeah, they are in contention for European places, but maybe not a uh, top two material for the moment. I, you gotta remember they there 's still very much a work in progress. A lot of new players come in there, and um, they they still have brought in good quality and stuff like that. But I just think maybe the I know people were t- tipping them to stay in the title race, but I mean if after the weekend's games i think they're down to third on 16 points which is 5 away from st pat's now you know
1: yeah i mean it's probably three games because the the defeat at home to derry city was a big blow to them because they had been unbeaten prior to that and then they they won't have been happy with the draw and Drogheda and then to be caught again in, in in the 90, whatever, 95th minute. I think it was, I, I know the Sligo fans aren't too happy because whatever number of minimum minutes of added time were shown, the goal was scored well after that. I'd, I'd have to check back on the figures, but I I saw a lot of unhappy Sligo fans on social media over that. But I don't know about, a sli- I, I, I think realistically uh, Sligo would have been delighted if they finish this season in the European places and I would expect them given the start they have given the quality of players the the, the likes of um look they've just done uh, so well they had a little bit of a blip I, I still think they're strong candidates to finish in the top three or four if they had a really good run maybe second but I, I don't see them in the title race but I, I definitely see them in, in the race for European football and uh, now Key game for them, they go to Oriel Park, uh, a key game for both teams, both teams actually. I mean, Dundalk, Sligo at the weekend is, uh, certainly Sligo wouldn't want to lose that given the run they're on, but certainly Dundalk would probably desperately need a win, uh, given their patchy form as of late and, and still as we speak, uh, no, no new manager, although, you probably saw the same rumours that I did about David Healy taking charge in time for the Shamrock Rovers game. I'm not so sure about that. There were a lot of very unhappy uh, Linfield fans when the Dundalk journalist put that out on, on Twitter and they were rubbishing it and saying, I think it's the date of the Irish Cup final or something, which Linfield are still in the Irish Cup and could well be in, in the Cup final that day. Um, but who knows? Um, I'm just following the rumours on social media. But uh, Dundalk certainly do need a manager. From Sligo perspective, despite that blip, I still think they've only lost one game all season. And uh, I I still think they'll be very happy with the start and definitely in contention for the European spots.
0: Yeah, but isn't it crazy to think that Finn Harps are just two points behind them and sitting in fourth? (laughs) I just think that's great. In a good way, It's, it's brilliant.
1: It's brilliant, it is absolutely, and I'm sitting here in red and white candy stripes, but obviously not Derry City's, but the story of the weekend for me uh, was Adam Foley and Finn Harps winning in the Brandywell, it's the first ever, and I will get this stat right, it's the first ever league win in the Brandywell, I know they won in McGinn Park and I know they've won I think it's League Cup games in the Brandywell, but in the whatever number of years since 1985 that Derry City have been in the league, And I know Harps and Derry haven't always been in the same division, but Harps have never gone to the Brandywell and won a league game there. And what a way to do it, to be a goal down and uh, come back and equalize, and Adam Foley to get that winner, uh, two minutes to go. And what a finish. That, That guy is absolutely flying. He is scoring goals for fun. And he's an absolute hero up in Donegal. And uh, I saw one male Finn Harps fan tweet uh, Adam's girlfriend, uh, can he borrow Adam for a night? (laughs) She wasn't too, (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, I won't name Ethan just to embarrass him, but um, it was, uh, what a goal. And uh, the Harps fans were going mad over that. And uh, look, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, It was a brilliant win. Hats off to them, and hats off to the start of the season they 've had as you said they 're sitting in fourth place, no matter what happens this weekend they won 't be any lower than fourth because they're four points ahead of fifth place already. Uh, made a phenomenal start I, I know i 've talked a lot on this show about how how good a job Ollie Horgan and Paul Hegarty are doing there, but it just has to be said it is absolutely phenomenal, and how I mean the budget they 're on with the part time players they are doing so much better than Uh, many teams with far bigger budgets and uh, it's just hats off to them it's been absolutely phenomenal the Finharps fans are absolutely delighted and so they should be and I saw Ollie Horgan being asked about Europe and he said oh the the only Europe he's going to get is a a trip to Kilkei, well I mean I'm hoping to spend some time in Kilkei like many Limerick people do in the summer time but I don't think I'd be seeing Oli Horgan there, I I, (laughs) Who knows? I wouldn't rule out Europe next season for Finn Harps, but um, what a phenomenal start. And they are definitely not in the relegation zone or relegation uh, battle, no matter what Oli's Ali, saying about getting the points to stay up. They will be staying up comfortably. Um, I don't know if they can get a European place. They could certainly be capable of challenging for it. But um, what a start to the season. What a, a first round of matches. And... Uh, Harps fans are in many ways of the story of the season and, and the story of the weekend. You can talk about Shamrock Rovers 31 game on beat and run, which is absolutely phenomenal. They're clearing the top of the table. But in many ways, even Finn Harps and, and Adam Foley are close enough to being the story of the weekend. And what, what a goal. And, uh, anyway. Brilliant for Finn Harps, and just what a shame there weren't fans in the Brandywell on Monday night because that would have been absolutely phenomenal. And I can only imagine uh, he put it into the, the, the what down by the away end and all. And instead of running to uh, jumping over the hoardings and running to the Derry fans up on the wall, I don't know, maybe there were some Finn Harps fans on that wall as well. I'm sure he would have been running straight to the away end and there would have been some celebrations, and that would have been something else. But look. Tarps for me, what a what a story, what a first round of games, and uh, well done.
0: And it's, it was important for them to get back on track, because don't forget, this was a Derry side coming in off two wins against Sligo and Bows, and as well as that, Finn Haps had just lost to Shamrock Rovers as well. So it was, it was a much bigger result than probably they get credit for, to be able to turn them over. And look, Derry would have been coming in on a high after getting those two results, and... Then they're they're probably brought back down to earth with a bit of a bang after their new manager bounce, you know.
1: Yeah, they they got a great start under Rory Higgins, as you said. They went to the Showgrounds, beat Sligo, went to Dalymount Park and beat Bowes. So that look, there were two results that were probably unexpected. And then they're looking right. We have got Finn Harps at home. We've got Longford at home to come. Suddenly you're on a four or five game winning run. Uh, six, the other six thing pointers, actually. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and certainly the other thing, had Derry won by two goals, I was actually looking at the league table before the the Harps game came on. And I was saying, if Derry win by two goals, they actually go fourth. And then they went one up and you're thinking, right, Rory Higgins is really, he's turned this around from being bottom of the league to fourth place to being, and fourth is probably a European place, assuming one of the top three win the FEI Cup. So it's... Uh, you're looking at phenomenal turnaround. Now he's still turned them around pretty well, but that that be that defeat by Harps will be a bitter blow for the the Derry City fans to take because it is a big Northwest derby up there, and it's not often Harps get to, to crow about uh, wins over Derry City wherever the games are played. Derry seem to have a bit of an Indian sign over them, so um, I'm sure the Harps fans are going to enjoy it. I I, I think Derry have turned it around. Now there are some young players there. Rory Higgins may look to get some players in in the summer but from being I don't think they're going to get dragged back into that relegation battle that it looked like they were in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I do expect them to probably beat Longford this weekend and I think they'll be comfortable in mid-table. They're currently sitting in eighth, which is the, the crazy thing. They're third from bottom. But had they beaten Harps they, by two goals, as I said, they would have been fourth. So they are still probably looking over their shoulder. And in some ways, you're looking at the Longford game. They could, they could actually go bottom. This weekend, that's the crazy thing about it. If Longford win in the Brandywell and Waterford beat Tralee, but I, I don't see Derry being dragged into that relegation battle. I do think there's just that bit of quality. I think Rory Higgins will will get the best out of them, and uh, just the squad of players they have, they're too good to be in the relegation battle.
0: Yeah, no, I'd agree. You know, obviously we're trying to keep it within the league table or whatever so you've kind of spoken about Derry so we'll probably skip them when we get down to them but uh, just draw it are sitting in fifth on 10 points and I suppose all these teams are kind of in and around the same I, I look I know draw it are, are, are ahead of most of them in fifth but a lot of teams are kind of within each other in and around that spot you know so uh, but draw deserve massive credit for the way they've came in and started I mean they got two draws against two decent sides there Um you know the the game against Sligo and the game against Bows and there t- two results that you probably would have said at the start of the season you would probably see them losing
1: yeah and i mean even if you just go back before that they were done in the 95th minute by danny mandreo in uh, against shamrock rovers they they only lost 2-1 to Dundalk in oriel park uh, so Drogheda made an incredible start and I'm sure Drogheda fans will want me to point out if you look at the league table they may be on 10 points the same as Dundalk but they are ahead of Dundalk on goal difference maybe one goal but that's incredible start for Drogheda who again are a part-time team on a much lower budget than the likes of Dundalk so they've made a phenomenal start picked up a couple of crucial wins their target probably at the start of the season would have been 8th or ninth place and they're probably comfortably clear of the relegation zone as I speak, but it could be very different after this weekend. That's why their trip to the RSC is so crucial this weekend. But, um, cause I, 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 I don't want to say they're out of there. I think Finn Harps are out of it and I think Derry will get out of the relegation battle. I'm not so sure yet about Drogheda, but they have to be so pleased with their start to the season, the way they've even stayed in games. So even I mentioned the games they lost. Last season, you would have have expected the likes of Drogheda. I know they came up last season, but even before that, it would have been a comfortable enough win for Shamrock Rovers. But they had to battle the 95th minute. Dundalk just beat them by the odd goal they got really good draws okay they they came back a bit and got a late goal to get the point against bose a, a good point against sligo as well and and that's a very good side of the a good sign good sign of the side that they're able to stay in these games they're battling they're picking up points here and there and uh, so it's the draw fans will absolutely be delighted with the start and where they are on the table in fifth place uh, I, I don't think they can finish in the top half. Having said that, I think it's been a great achievement to, to to stay in the top half of the table after the first round of matches. I do expect them to slip down a couple of places, but they'll be a tough game for anyone they meet. And I think they will definitely avoid the bottom two uh if they keep, which realistically has got to be their target. But if they keep playing the way they're playing, they're just they're. They've just got that bit of quality and just that bit of t- togetherness to pick up points when others will struggle.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the, as you said, it's the squad they have. They have an experienced squad there. You know, you, you have your likes of Gary Deegan, you have your Dane Massey's, Dini Corcoran's so and stuff like that to mix in with what they already have. They've, they've a good side. There.
1: Ronan Murray, Ronan Murray as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So they have players that are experienced at this level as well. And look, they, they look like they're comfortable at this level as well. So you wouldn't say they're struggling. Um, definitely not. I think they've they've held their own in games, as you say, against sides that you probably would expect them to turn them over, especially if you're looking at the start of the season. But look, they've done great. Now, just to move it down uh, in terms of the, the league position, but maybe not in terms of points. Obviously, we just spoke a little bit about Dundalk, but I mean, I don't know whether they're coming or going. I mean, they beat, they beat Waterford 3-0, and then they go and they could see two goals to Longford and have to fight back and, and earn a two all draw at Bishop's Gate on Monday. Because 'cause you're looking at the Waterford game, and you're right, you're thinking, right, they're getting into it. they're 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 moving up the gears now. This is the Dundalk of all that they're starting to show what they had their their quality players are starting to step up now. And then they just go and I suppose two goalkeeping errors was, was the reason why they could the two against Longford. But even still I, I just I wasn't expecting them to go 2-0, 2-0 down against Longford at all.
1: No, I mean, I, I thought they had turned a bit of a corner. They had to grind out the, the win over Drahada a bit, but it was deserved, and they deserved to win that game. And then they did go down. Maybe the 3-0 result in the RSC flattered them a bit because Waterford did have a, a bit of a go in that game. and Waterford were probably better against Dundalk than they were in losing 3-0 in Tala. But I, I fully expected Dundalk to go to Bishopsgate and, and beat Longford and to go two down and then to have to battle back. I mean, if you go two down against any team in this league, you're, you're, you're up against the, your backs are up against the wall. So they really did okay to, I suppose, to come back and get a point. But really, a way to Longford is a game that the likes of Dundalk would be expected to go down there and win. And uh, even with a little bit to spare, and it, it, it'll be a, a major disappointment to them that they, they couldn't do that. They're 13 points off shamrock rovers and their target this season would have been to win the league and uh, i think the gap or they might make up some of that gap over the next three rounds but i can't see them making up 13 points and uh, their, their title race is probably already done and it's probably looking when they get the new manager in i do think they need the new manager fairly soon the the, the the aim will be to get back in at least up into the European spots and maybe have a bit of a run in the Europa Conference, the, this new European tournament. But, um, it's been a very disappointing first round of matches for Dundalk and you can't sugarcoat this. They, they can't be happy. Uh, they are giving away bad goals. You said a couple of goalkeeping errors from Peter Cherry. He doesn't look like the keeper he was a few years ago. Um, the, the, They've had issues with the other goalkeeper. I think maybe a new goalkeeper is going to be the, the one of the top priorities for a new manager. Um, I know all they can sign at the moment is an out-of-work professional, but certainly come July, they must be looking for a new goalkeeper. I saw them linked before with uh, Brian Murphy of Waterford. He'd certainly be a very good signing. Um, he's not in the, the, the Waterford squad at the moment, um, or, or maybe we'll look further that. afield. We'll touch, but maybe look further afield. But certainly uh, there are issues in Dundalk. Um, They need to start picking up points. They need to start moving up the table. And uh, I know the Dundalk fans are not happy. And uh, I, I think the new manager can't come quick enough.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. And a new goalkeeper as well. I think, look, they need to get everything in place before the mid-season break. And that way they can, you know, have the manager in. Really he wants to get his own players in and then they can move forward that way. But for the time being, like you, you, you're thinking, Oh yeah, Dundalk are back. That's great to see. And then the next minute that happens. It's just unfortunate. i say their fans are fuming from going from the side that looked unbeatable, uh, probably a season ago before COVID to what they've, I suppose, fallen down to at the moment is uh, it, I'd be fuming if I was a Dundalk fan and they still have really quality players there I still think Chris Shields is the best player in that position in the league um, they've got Michael Duffy who's obviously you know top class in this league, Pat Huben's obviously he's injured at the minute but you know what he's he's like he's unbelievable uh, best striker in the league in my opinion as well and then you've got David McMillan as well who comes in off the bench and is. I know he's probably starting now because of that injury to Pahub and they've got junior and other players as well so they've got quality players all around I suppose just the the goalkeeper situation is a big one for them I mean I suppose that shows the importance of Gary Rogers but as well as that the fact that they let you know big players go they let the likes of Gannon go to to Sean McRover's they let Sean Hoare go there they let Dane Massey go they let a lot of their defence and goalkeeper go you know um, and any side that are doing well or whatever is usually built off that and then it's worked their way forward into attack or whatever. So I think maybe they're just getting used to stuff. I do think the likes of Nadastad and Yarkovskis um, are, are really good signers and they they will, as time goes on, I think they'll get better and they'll get more settled. Um, they still have quality players there, Andy Boyle and so on, Dan Cleary. They still have top class players, that Daryl Lee. But it's just time for them to start kicking on now. And I think they, they really need to start doing that in the next round of games and get themselves uh, you know right back up, at least into the European places. I don't think it would be a disaster if they finish in the European places. But if they finish outside the European places, uh, you look at the squad and the budget they have compared to other teams, um, it would be an absolute disaster if they don't finish in that top four spot. Um, regardless of whether they get into Europe or not through this conference league, they they still need to climb the league and do well domestically as well not just you know think of of Europe and I'm sure look, I'm sure they've had plans in, in place there Jim uh seems like a very smart fella so I'm sure he's already looking at all that but uh, I suppose just to kind of finish off the last kind of couple of teams and stuff like that in the league I mean you've got uh, Bose Longford uh, Waterford and obviously you've got Derry in there that we already spoke about but I suppose we'll just touch on Bose very quickly and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about Longford and Waterford but uh Bose, I mean, just when you think they turn a corner, and then they've just they've had just disappointing results, uh, unfortunately for them. And look, I don't think it's it's anything on the manager or something like that. They've a lot of young players in there at the moment, and I think they're just finding their feet. And I think if, uh, over the course of the season, they'll ba- it'll balance themselves out, and I think they'll work their way back up. But I think they were the biggest losers in the summer in terms of the players that they lost. You had Danny Grants, um, Dan Mandreo andre royce um chris twardock even if
1: you go back to chris twardock yeah exactly
0: so so many players that they had to replace that were, you know it's so hard to replace goals and you know and you had top class players and i i do think they're top class i mean you don't play for the clubs that they're at uh, maybe not andre Wright but the others um you don't play for the clubs that they've gone on to to play for if you're not quality uh so yeah look i think that They've struggled in that regard, but they still have players. I mean, you look at uh, Dawson DeVoy, everyone was talking about his assist um, against Roherde uh, for Liam Burt's goal. And I do think he, he will only get better over the course of the season. Another very young lad. Um, you've got Ross Tierney there, another very good coming through, up and coming, good lad. They've got good players coming through. I just think they'll they'll need to just Get experience themselves over the course of the season, and uh, mixed in with the, obviously they have the likes of Keith Buckley who brings bags of experience and stuff like that. But, um, these younger lads, a lot of people have said that they really miss Dan Casey as well at the back because they have been leaking a lot of goals that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I know James Talbot is a great um leader and obviously a great goalkeeper as well but he's he's been looking kind of exposed because of his defense not because of his goal goalkeeping issues i just think that he doesn't look to be getting much protection whereas i think when dan casey was there i think they looked like they were going to go out most weeks and get clean sheets
1: yeah it's it has been a bit a disappointing start for both um but as you said, you mentioned all the players. I think Dan Casey in particular is a, a massive loss for them. But all the, the the front players. Now Keith Long has done an incredible job there. He's he's had to replace his squad uh, virtually every summer for the last couple of years, and he, he probably they overachieved in the last couple of years in getting into Europe, and then last season getting second. Uh, so I think he, of all managers in the league, he has to be given time because he is on a smaller budget than a lot of the teams above them. And uh, you mentioned some great young players coming through like Dustin Devoy, Ross Tierney, um, Liam Burt. They have, I, I think Keith Long will get it right and with Trevor Crowley beside him. I think they will do, uh, they will get balls right. It may take more than this season, um, this could be the season when they miss out on Europe that they've got used to for the last I mean, They're playing in Europe this year, but maybe they'll miss out on it um, this season. It may be a season of consolidation, but I hope the Bose fans will show some patience. And I, I did see quite a lot of unrest in social media. And while I would be more sympathetic to the Dundalk fans or even the Derry City fans prior to Rory Higgins arriving, uh, I would have less sympathy for the Bose fans in this case. I think they should. Give Keith Long and Trevor Crowley some time. They've done a phenomenal job there. And uh, I think they will get it right. Uh, I don't see Bose I know they're sitting. What are they sitting? Two, two points above the relegation zone. If things go wrong this weekend, they could end up actually in the relegation zone. I think they could be bottom if the results went against them. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I, I think Bose will probably move up the table a little bit. But maybe not challenge for europe who knows maybe get a run in the cup but um i I, I hope and i think keith long will be given the time and uh maybe Bose will be someone to watch out for next season i hope there will be some patience shown and i think there will i think it's a it's a well-run club it's a members-run club they don't have the budget of the shamrock rovers of the dundalks uh, or even the Derry cities or even the same path so I, i think I hope both fans will be patient and realistic. Um, It has been a bit of a disappointing start, have been some disappointed. They would have expected to beat Trahada this weekend. And uh, to be caught so late doesn't help. They probably would have expected to done, have done better at home to Derry. But um look, I, I would definitely expect the, the Bose board will be patient with Keith Long, and they should be
0: yeah i think they have to be i think if you look at it realistically who's going to come in there and do a better job of what he's doing i'm sure if they look at the money that he's brought the club in terms of the players he's brought through developed and sold on because that seems to be the kind of uh, model that they're going for at the moment i don't think you'll get anybody better at doing that right now i think he's a he's a great coach Um, i think if anybody was actually looking to get a coach in now i think Dundalk should be really looking at him as the ideal candidate but i know i know i wouldn't say they are but um, I, I definitely think he would be the ideal in terms of deser, someone who deserves, it, who's worked hard in the league and, and is overachieved massively over time. I think, I don't know why m- more people aren't touting him for the job, but look, maybe he doesn't want to go. Maybe he's happy at Bose. He seems quite happy at Bose. Um, they seem to be building something there for the future and he seems to be a very key part of it. But, uh, I suppose just the last two teams to touch on Longford and, and Waterford. I mean, Longford always look like they're down and out and then they pull out. You know, or or at least they, they go ahead in games and ultimately they then unfortunately they're probably just so under the cush that eventually the the pressure tolls and they end up conceding late goals. But um they've shown I suppose a bit a bit of resolve and a bit of fight against the bigger teams and I think that they'll continue to do that, but I just don't think that they have maybe the the squad depth of quality, maybe you look at substitutes and stuff like that to come in and uh maybe step up to the plate when 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 they need them to, you know.
1: Yeah, Longford, look, they, they probably surprised a lot of people. They surprised me and maybe even surprised themselves by getting promotion last season through the playoffs. So they've done incredibly well. They've now gone eight games without a win. They, they had a great start beating uh, Derry on the the opening weekend. But as you said, Paul, they have, they have shown a lot of grit and determination. They've stayed in games. They've picked up points. And... Uh, Look, they're, they're level on six points with Waterford. They're in the bottom two. I can't see them finishing the season any higher than they are at the moment. But uh, but even still, if they were to make the playoff spot, which they're in at the moment, I think that would be a phenomenal achievement for them and give them a, a good chance of staying up. Uh, but they are going to need to pick up the odd win here and there because and, this points okay they got a good point at Damark, got a good point at home to Dundalk, but um they 're going to need to start picking up the odd win or two, uh, but they 'll battle they have um, a limited squad, as you say, and it is a very, very tough league, and maybe they're they 're the kind of team that maybe start needing to pick games and pick their battles and target games for wins and uh, Okay, maybe it's a bit cynical of me to say that some games you can maybe look at and say, well, we're not going to get anything there. And well, and just as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. They drew with Dundalk and they drew with Bowes. They came within seconds of getting a draw with Shamrock Rovers. So maybe they are suited to playing more of the bigger teams. But, um, they certainly this round of matches, when the likes of Waterford come to Bishopsgate, that's one they're going to be targeting as a, as a must win. But uh, I think Longford would be reasonably okay, even though they've gone eight games without a win. They would have expected to be probably bottom or second bottom at the table at this stage. They're probably expecting to be finishing in that in those positions. And if they can finish second bottom, going into the playoffs again, having done so well in them last season, going in battle-hardened, um, they still have a good shot at staying up, which realistically has to be the target.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree. I think just then to, to touch on uh, Waterford as well. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously they lost to, to yeah. Dundalk and Shamrock uh, Rovers. Um, I think the the interesting thing here is with the substitutes and the fact that Kevin Sheedy wouldn't play. Or er, he said he wouldn't play any academy players just due to the fact that they wouldn't get any protection off the referees. Um, he said that in an interview. He was with RTE, and yeah. then uh, what was it? then brian murphy again still not in the squad and then um, after the social media blackout they then post a picture of um brian murphy i don't really understand this but we spoke about this last week on the show they're never far away from drama <laughs> uh down there for some reason i don't know why um because i know kevin Sheedy's not that type of guy he doesn't like drama he just wants to get on with the football and try to do things i think that's why he's quite short and direct with his interviews and stuff like that and people are like people are just down in waterford i see it on all over twitter they're all going mad why is brian murphy being treated this way like it'd just be nice to get a bit of clarity of what's actually going on because i definitely think brian murphy could be a player that would help waterford get out of this mess he's arguably the best goalkeeper in the league
1: yeah i mean i was mentioning him already as a solution to the Dundalk goalkeeping crisis um I don't know if Waterford, I mean, the, the young lad, Paul Martin, who played against Shamrock Rovers, I don't think he'd a bad game on on Monday. But Brian Murphy is a quality keeper and, as you said, probably one of the, one of the best in the league. And he certainly would help um, if he was back in, in the Waterford side. Just even that bit of experience as well. Um, but, look, the bottom of the league, uh, in many ways, they're probably a little bit fortunate that That win they held on for that 1-0 win over Longford and the RSC a couple of weeks ago uh, is looking really crucial at this stage, that they're level on points at the bottom instead of being caught adrift. Um, It's going to be a very, very long season for Waterford unless things change. Um, I don't agree with not naming the under-19s on the bench. Why not? I mean, they're playing under-19 football. They, They surely aspire to be playing in the League of Ireland. It's not exactly an old player's league. There are many season pros in the league, but there's a hell of a lot of younger players. For me, the average age of the league seems to be getting younger and younger. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and older, but it, it no, does seem right. to I be very right. much... It does seem to be very much a younger players league at the moment. So why not have some of those under 19s on the bench? I mean, Shamrock Rovers did it. I was talking earlier about Shamrock Rovers and the quality of the, the squad and the quality of the players. I didn't mention the likes of Darren Nugent and, and Dean Williams, who, who were also on the bench and, and who who made a contribution as well. So there's... If, if Shamrock Rovers can bring their young players, the likes of Max Murphy, through, why can't uh, Waterford do likewise? So I don't know. I think maybe Kevin Sheedy's trying to make some bit of a point there or something by leaving them out. And uh, look, you can't really sugarcoat this. This has been a very, very disappointing start to the season for Waterford. I don't think Kevin Sheedy and Mike Newell can be happy. I know there seems to be a lot of issues there behind the scenes. And uh, they're, they're bottom for a reason. And... It is a very tough league. There are no easy games. And Waterford at home to Drogheda this weekend is absolutely crucial. Because Drogheda are a tough team. They're playing really well. And uh, they'll yeah, be looking they, at they this. Bet them already. They bet them in the last minute. And it was maybe a bit lucky in the, the opening game was a last minute on goal. But it was a game that Drogheda dominated. So they, I, I'll caveat by saying they were lucky to score and score so late. But probably not lucky to win that game. But... um Dried are well capable of going down to the RSC and beating Waterford. Now, Waterford could be looking and saying, well, if we, if we win, we could move up three or four places, um, if other results go their way. So, even with 27 games to go, uh, games like that are starting to look really crucial. And, uh, but it's been a very disappointing start for Waterford. They're, um, and they don't look, they don't look like a team. I mean, they were blown away by Shamrock Rovers on Monday, and Rovers had made quite a few changes. I know Stephen Bradley wasn't too happy when I said to him he, he used a few squad players because they're all Shamrock Rovers players, and I do take his point on that, but. He took a bit of a chance against Waterford, and it didn't matter because they just blew them away. Pats took a bit of a chance against Waterford as well, and they got away with it, I think. They, no, they won 1-0 and deserved to win 1-0 a couple of weeks ago, but it was a bit of, a bit more of a risk for Pats. I don't think it was any real risk for Stephen Bradley, and uh, they were just blown away by Shamrock Rovers. It was just a Comfortable, and it was so obvious from early in the game, even before the first goal went in, that this was going to be a comfortable three or four nil win for for Rovers. And if they really wanted to, and if they really went at them, I, I'd be afraid that they could have got any kind of a score. So um, it is. It is tough times for Waterford, the only Munster team in the the Premier Division, so maybe it's not good times for football in Munster. Although I'm very happy with the way Treaty United are going in the First Division, but it's not good times for um, for football in Waterford, and they are very, very much in a relegation battle. And if things don't change, I, I can't see them staying up. Now, it, it can be turned around, and uh, but it's. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. I don't know. What do you think, Paul?
0: Well, I think no matter who comes in there at the moment, they seem to be just given a poison chalice. And, you know, as soon as they come in, they're kind of up against the battle straight away. And I think that's been the case. You look at uh, John Sheridan, um, you know, managers before them. Probably the only one who, who who you wouldn't say it was a poison chalice for is probably Alan Reynolds. I mean, I think he done a good, solid job there, got them up. And then he was just kind of like, I had enough. And went away from it but you know when, when he was bringing them through and stuff like that they looked like they're a good squad they they built up a good squad they got into the european places but then weren't allowed actually play in europe and they were going strong and then kind of after that it's just kind of been all downhill and i feel sorry for kevin sheedy um i don't know the whole ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes i don't know what's going on there but you know at the same time he's got to be wary of his managerial i suppose career now going forward and if this goes belly up where does he go from there because at the same time if you look at the squad he's been given he hasn't been given a very good squad and you're only as good as the squad you're given in
1: my opinion yeah i i i think i wouldn't be blaming kevin Sheedy and mike newell for this um i think there are as you say there are issues behind the scenes um i don't know what's happening i mean but it's not a good look. I mean, certainly it was a major blow for them being denied the chance to play in Europe. That was a, it, it, that meant so much to them. They haven't played in Europe since 1986 against Bordeaux. That's a long time ago. And uh, they had been so looking forward. It meant so much to them to qualify for Europe. And that was a big blow. And uh, so, I don't know. It, it Probably, I, I think... The one thing I would say is that Kevin Sheedy and Mike Newell will have some good contacts across the water. And maybe in July, if there's a budget there to bring in a couple of players from England, that could make an awful difference. And uh, I think Waterford probably have a bigger budget than the likes of Longford and even the likes of Drogheda. They will be operating off a significantly bigger budget there. So there may be opportunities to turn this around. And. I don't think Kevin Sheedy is the problem. Certainly not by any means. They've had, you've mentioned a few managers there. I I think there's other issues there. I think they will. I hope they will do stick with Kevin Sheedy. I think they will. Um, But it is, it is tough times for Waterford. And it's, uh, it's, it's not good to see. It's a, it's a great footballing city. They have a huge history in the league. When I was growing up, Waterford were a top team in the league. They won six leagues in eight seasons. And uh, it's it's very much different times now. I appreciate it. But um for me now, they are very much in a relegation battle and probably the favourites to stay where they are in 10th position unless things turn around. But, look, things can change very quickly in football. As I said, that draw had a game of this weekend. If they were to win that, it could make a huge difference and totally turn things around.
0: Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and as you say, it's going to be telling after, you know, everybody have, will have played each other at least once at this point now, coming into this round of games this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see the results even at even you know this weekend, so I suppose we'll leave it there uh, on our League of Ireland show, we've pretty much covered every team there, and I think that's fair to say, um, let us know your thoughts in the comments, anything we discussed, don't forget to like the video, don't forget to subscribe as well, we are on 85 subscribers away from 10k so please subscribe if you can and uh, yeah let us know your thoughts in the comments and we'll speak to you all soon
1: the IFF TV podcast presented by Paul Neelan like rate and subscribe